Church, let me invite you to open up God's Word with me this morning to Psalm 130. Psalm 130, our text for today. But before we read that text, I want to pose a question to you. Have you ever made a mistake that turned into a giant mess? Uh, You ever made a poor decision that turned out to be much more than you uh, meant for it to? I I vaguely remember an incident, a scenario, an episode in my own childhood. Uh, As a young boy, I remember wandering into my parents' uh, bathroom in our home and noticing a pair of sharp scissors laying there on the countertop and gazing into the mirror above the bathroom vanity and wondering what it would be like to cut my own hair. I'm not sure how old I was. I really don't have any idea how old I was, but gazing or but 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 thinking about my own kids and kind of how they would interact, I would guess maybe I was a five or six year old uh, little boy. And uh, then I, I took those those scissors and began to take a little clip right out uh, from the front of my forehead on on right there in the the restroom, and soon realized that this was a terribly bad idea. Um, soon after, I heard the question. Christopher, did you cut your hair? No. Are are you sure that you did not cut your hair? It really looks like you cut your hair. Did you cut it? No. I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what's worse than cutting your own hair as a child? Uh, lying to your parents about cutting your hair, really lying to your parents about anything at all. I was guilty and I knew it. I was guilty and I would soon, very soon, own up to it. But in the meantime, there was a weight of guilt gripping me. That had overcome me, wondering what parental judgment would soon fall upon me and wanting more than anything in that moment to be shown mercy and grace, forgiveness, and to be reconciled to mom and dad. Well, what goes around often comes around, right? Uh, In fact, many similar episodes have played themselves out already in the Jones house, Um, not clipping hair. Uh, but this week there was an event one night, uh, just a number of um, complaints and, and hardships before bedtime, um, a, a major fit thrown by one of my kids to the point that dad was pretty upset and it was time to go to bed and we were going to have a talking to. And so we began to get ready for bed and in the process of getting ready for bed, this particular child, I won't say his name, but he was uh, there at a little table in his room and he was drawing and he came up to me and he handed me uh, what you see on the screen. He handed me this note and on one side it says daddy with a big exclamation point and on the other side it says I am sorry for throwing fit. A lot of hearts. Sudden change in mood, sudden change in demeanor. Wanting more than anything to be right again, for everything to be okay between father and son. Well, in our text for this morning, the author has sinned and caused a giant mess. In fact, he's gripped by the weight of his guilt before God, and he's ready to own it, and he's ready to cry out for God's mercy. Like other lament psalms, the psalmist who penned this text voices a call from danger for God's help. He's in deep, deep trouble, and his trouble is likely the result of his sin. So let's listen to his prayer. 
As we listen, let me invite you where you are, if you would, join me standing for the reading of of God's holy word. Psalm 130, you can find this text on the screen. The Bible reads this way. The psalmist prays, out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait. Wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with Him is full redemption. He Himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Would you bow with me? Father, we pray that as we seek to understand Your Word, Lord, to hear from You. Lord, guide us by the presence and power of your Spirit that we would rightly understand the truths that you have for us today. Lord, that we would come to know you more and to serve you faithfully for your glory. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Well, today is the final of uh, four weeks looking at various psalms or songs of ascent. And this psalm that I've just read is often labeled uh, both a lament psalm and a penitential psalm. A lament, meaning a cry for help, and a penitential psalm, meaning a plea for forgiveness. And like other laments, it begins with the reminder that when in trouble, we can cry out for God's mercy. When in trouble, we can cry out for God's mercy over and over again. The book of Psalms models the kind of transparent and faith-filled prayers that God desires to hear from His people. In other words, this is more than just an ancient songbook. It's a prayer book meant to teach us how to, how to pray out of the depths. I cried to you, Lord. Depths, of course, here means trouble. Not unlike David's famous words in Psalm 23, his reference to the valley of the shadow of death. We don't know what the difficulty was here, but it was something that only could be overcome by crying out to God, out of the depths, I cried to you, Lord. Sort of reminds me of Peter's words to Jesus, recorded in John chapter 6, after many in the crowd began to abandon Jesus. They had been drawn to Jesus. Jesus began to teach them some difficult things, and many of them said, we, we can't follow this man any longer. Jesus turns to the disciples. He says, you don't want to leave too, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. When in trouble, we can and should cry out to God. We cry out for His help and we cry out for His mercy. And here the psalmist is asking for the undeserved, gracious intervention and provision of God in the midst of trouble. He's crying out to The Lord, Yahweh, one who revealed himself to 
to Moses in the text that we read earlier today from Exodus chapter 3. That is the one uh, who is I am, the great I am, the one who said I am who I am. He's the faithful covenant God and he is also Adonai. He's the Lord, the master who is the sovereign ruler over all. This is the one we are, call, we are to call to. And in this particular case, although we don't know the specific nature of the psalmist's trouble, what, what the depths are, the hardship may well be, according to the tone and message of this text, it may well be divine discipline for sin. For that's where the song goes. It's a cry for God's mercy. A mercy that deep down he knows, he knows he will get because he knows that with the Lord, there is forgiveness. With the Lord, there is forgiveness. Now, given the tone of this song, I like to think that the depths here are not so much external circumstances, although they often are in the Lament Psalms, but, but rather the internal weight of guilt over a broken relationship with God. He sinned against God. You've ever been broken? Ever known that you've run from God, that you've rebelled against Him, that you've wronged Him, and more than anything, want to reconcile that broken relationship with God? Have you ever felt that way? Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, forgive me. If, if, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? Of course, this is a rhetorical question, and the answer is, No one, no one could stand. Meaning that no one could survive divine judgment for sin. If God kept a record and did not remove sins, no one could escape divine judgment. Tim Keller reflects on this. He says, what do we owe a God who gives us all we have and keeps us alive every second? What do we owe a God who gives us all that we have and keeps us alive every second? We, we ought to love Him and serve Him without rival. But no one does this. So no one can stand on Judgment Day based on their record. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one measures up. None are righteous. No one can stand, no one should stand on Judgment Day, and yet there's a beautiful and welcome three-letter English word nestled near the center of this song, B-U-T, but. But with you there is forgiveness. This is the turning point of this song. And I think it's the, the central message of it. But with you, Lord, there is forgiveness. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? No one could stand. But with you, there's forgiveness. Listen to scholar and preacher Sidney Gradanus on this line. He says, forgiveness accompanies the Lord. Wherever the Lord goes, forgiveness comes along. It is part of God's character. There is forgiveness with the Lord. The Lord is for us. Isn't that good news? That is good news. The Lord forgives. Psalm 86 verse 5. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call on you. Friend, have you sinned against God? Are you running from Him? Are you in the depths? Are you in trouble? Have you ignored Him? 
abandon him, run from him, rebel against him, cry out to the God who forgives. God longs for you and I to know him, to be right with him, to worship him. So run to him. Run to him and receive his mercy. And upon receiving it, you will want to worship and serve him. He is full of mercy and love, perfect love for you and for me. The kind of love that Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 13 and calls the church to emulate a well-known passage, 1 Corinthians 13. Paul writes, he says, love is patient of his kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. God, God, if you kept a record of our sins, who could stand? God's love for us keeps no record of wrongs. Friend, God knows your wrongs. He knows our wrongs. He knows every one of them. But aren't you glad that He keeps no record of them? He keeps no record of your wrongs. Even though He knows every wrong, for those who turn to Him in faith, He keeps no record of wrongs. And because His character is such that He forgives sinners like me, I will put my hope in His Word. I will put my hope in God's Word. Although his heart breaks, the psalmist's heart breaks over his sin. He's broken. He's broken over his sin against God. The, the psalmist is so sure, I believe, of God's forgiving character that he pens a personal testimony of faith in verse 5. He says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in His Word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning to night. Watchmen eagerly awaits from morning to dawn. The night watchman waits for, for light to break in the eastern sky, for the night to pass without attack or trouble so that he can go home and get much needed rest. But more than watchmen wait for the morning, a broken sinner longs for the morning of God's new mercies. He eagerly waits and anticipates He's waiting for a word of forgiveness and the removal of God's discipline. He knows God's character guarantees it. So he waits and anticipates God's intervention, trusting in his word. Friend, I don't know about you, but I believe there may be a lot of misplaced hope in the world today. People are hoping for a vaccine. People are hoping for the right reforms resulting in justice and righteousness and equality. People are hoping for a helpful and honest roundtable conversation about race relations. People are hoping for job growth and economic stability. People are hoping for all sorts of things, many of them good things. But the worship leader turns to the people and sings, Put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord, for He will redeem His people from their sins. Put your hope in the Lord. Our ultimate hope is in the Lord, for only the Lord can meet our deepest need. Only the Lord can meet the need for redemption. 
And this hope is not like the kind of, I, I hope it doesn't rain today like it did nearly every day last week. No, this hope, biblical hope, is confident expectation for God to deliver on His promises. Confident expectation in the Lord. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love and with Him is full redemption. He Himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. You see, the Lord has the power to redeem and He has the character to redeem. For with the Lord is unfailing love, the kind of faithful love that keeps on loving no matter what. And with Him is full redemption. To redeem is to deliver. It is to ransom, to rescue The psalm proclaims that the Lord is going to set Israel free, that He's going to pay the ransom for every single sin she committed, that He's going to liberate His people from guilt and to deliver them from trouble. Put your hope in the Lord, for He will redeem His people from their sins. And friends, He has done so. The Lord has done so. He has done so in Jesus. And prior to His coming, God's people were called to put their hope in His Word, the promise of full redemption, to trust Him, to put their faith in Him, to to believe His promises. And with Jesus' coming, John says, the Word became flesh. The promises of God. God's self-revelation, His self-disclosure, the fulfillment of His plans have come to us in human flesh. Before our Savior's birth, the angel said to Joseph, Mary's going to give birth to a son. And you're going to name him Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. You see, the Son of God came to save. He came to redeem. He came to pay the ransom for all of our sins. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And... All are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. For all have sinned and left to themselves, none could stand. None of us could stand. But with the Lord, there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness. Complete and lasting forgiveness for all who turn to Him in faith. Friends, this psalm is a call for us to put our hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord, for He is faithful, He is loving, He is merciful, He is true. So as I close this morning, I want to do something just a little bit out of the ordinary for us, but I want to leave you with four ways to pray the truths of this text. Four ways to take the message of this psalm to heart and begin to pray in light of what we see here And the first is this, Lord, break our hearts over our sin. Break our hearts over our sin. God, convict us and lead us to cry out from the depths to you. When sin disrupts our fellowship with you, God, cause a restlessness in us that leads us to run in confession to you. Lord, break our hearts over our sin. And second... God, show us your gracious character revealed in Jesus. 
God, show us your, your gracious character revealed in your Son, our Savior Jesus. You yourself have redeemed us. He himself, the psalm says, will redeem Israel from all their sins. He himself, God himself, Lord, you yourself have redeemed us by coming to us in the flesh. Despite our sin, you have rescued us by your grace because your love is unfailing, God. So, Lord, show us your gracious character revealed to us in Jesus and third, Father, help us yearn for you. Help us yearn for you. Or the psalmist was clearly heartbroken because he knew he had wronged you. And so God, more than anything, he wanted to be right with you. Lord, increase our longing for communion with you. Father, help us yearn for you. And then finally, Jesus, thank you for redeeming us from our sins. Jesus, thank you for redeeming us from our sins. Jesus, you have done for us what we could never do. You lived the life we couldn't and died the death we deserve in our place so that on the day of judgment we can stand. We can stand before you covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and free from the guilt of sin. Church, he forgave us all our sins, the Bible says. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us, He has taken it away. Nailing it to the cross. So church, put your hope in the Lord today. Put your hope in Him. For with the Lord, there is forgiveness. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for running from You. Father, forgive us for trusting in ourselves more than we trust in you. Father, forgive us for not believing the promises of your word. Lord, lead us to be quick to listen to you, to run to you, to run after you, knowing that your character is gracious and compassionate, that you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Lord, lead us to believe the gospel and to live according to it. And Father, now as we express our faith, our commitment to you, we pray that your spirit would continue to apply the truths of your word to our hearts and our lives. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and faith to believe. Hear our praise. It's in the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.